This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Michael Zuber, author of One Rental at a Time, which is the 15-year journey from a single rental house to financial freedom. If you haven't got it already, do me a favor, go to Amazon and or Audible. Check it out. I'm very proud of the fact that we have over 300 I think 325 five-star reviews on Amazon and over 100 or so on Audible. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, It is a fun journey. Uh, It is really a journey of hope and belief, focus and execution. So if that is something you need, you need to believe what is possible, go ahead and take a look, check it out. In this particular video, I want to continue that theme of hope over fear. I believe there is a lot of YouTube entertainers who understand that fear, making you get scared, uncertain, really gets a lot of clicks. It makes them rich. Realize that every time you click, they're putting a little, you know, they're putting a penny or so in their wallet. So they realize that fear gets clicked. But what I want to do is really appreciate what was in this book, One Rental at a Time, and that is Hope Wins. One of the things you would see in that book is in 2010, fear was everywhere. And because we took the time to focus and learn our markets, we were able to execute and buy real estate at significant discounts. That was in the face of a horrific Great Recession, a real estate depression. And frankly, banks would not lend to us. Banks, as you will see in the book, told us to go away. So as I sit here in 2020, I realize in Q4, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Uh, it's no secret. But I believe 2021 will likely be more like the roaring 20s than a repeat of the Great Depression. I have thought that, but I spent the last week or so reading up on both the Depression and the roaring 20s. And I put together some material, and I thought we'd walk through it. At the end of it, I think we're going to look at it together and say, what's more likely? Without question, I believe it is far more likely that the next decade will surprise us to the upside, but I'm going to share all the details and allow all the people that want to talk about fear and negativity and some outside forces crushing us, uh, you know, I'll give you the material and we, we can debate it in the comments. And um, lastly, I just want to say again, my experience is that hope beats fear every time. Fear wins in the moment. Fear may win a battle, but the war, wealth, execution comes from hope. So let's bring it up and let's have a conversation. Share this presentation, make it a little bit bigger for you and have some fun. So again, this is really, you know, do we have the roaring 20s or the Great Depression? So this is kind of what I took from my research about the roaring 20s and the Great Depression. The roaring 20s, we really had some infrastructure investments. And that was really because the automobile was coming around and we needed a highway system and things of that nature. So infrastructure was a big deal. Manufacturing, 
was growing, uh, not shrinking. Uh, moves to the suburbs, right? Could this could be coming? So, again, what this what this slide is to remind you what we might be having in front of us, right? So, do you think we're going to have infrastructure investments ahead of us? Not only old world highway updates and bridges and trains and all of that, but is there new world or green or whatever you want to call it investing coming? Do you think manufacturing is going to grow or shrink? You will see that in the comparisons to the Roaring Twenties and the Great Depression. I believe something that is not yet talked about but is a critical component to realize is we are going to be moving to the suburbs, better quality of life, cheaper, better for family. And most suburbs are not ready. They don't have the corner store. They don't have the coffee shop. They don't have the, the school systems aren't big enough. I believe the suburbs is going to be significant investment and significant opportunities. Work from home. All the technology investments that will be coming both to the home and to offices for mixed use working environments. Big deal. Uh, does entertainment change, right? We have seen essentially Hollywood shut down or slowed down significantly. Does entertainment change? Uh, movie theaters, right? Is there a push to streaming only? Uh, frankly, professional sports, right? Is the arena need to change? Do we go, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say 3D, but that's silly. Uh, virtual reality. That's what I'm thinking of. See what happens when you do these live. Oh, well, virtual reality. Oil and gas, right? There's a dependency on oil and gas. Does that change? Do we evolve? Uh, new business creation. Yes, Q4 is going to be record bankruptcies. No questions. It's tragic. All losses of small businesses because of this. Horrible. But the other side is, man, there's going to be record business formation, great lease terms put in place. The future looks good, uh, although there are some dark days ahead. Lending, right? Does the lending environment stay loose? Does the Fed come in with more small lending programs that are focused on small business? New technology. We have seen technology really accelerate, uh, work from home and 5G coming. And again, lots of good things I think are coming, but Let's see. Safety nets. Uh, one of the things that I think will happen in the near future is safety nets will be strengthened or grown. Uh, I think there's a general appreciation that we have a large swath of our economy that has been displaced, that are in industries that will be, I don't know, shrunk. Uh, automation will replace, and maybe the safety nets should be strengthened in re-education. And you know, maybe we need to train people for becoming healthcare workers and nurses and more construction workers and just lots of things coming. Financial rules and regulations are very different than 100 years ago. Uh, the Federal Reserve is all in, which is very different than, again, 100 years ago. Again, one thing that I think is not being appreciated today is housing ownership. You know, if we saw two or three percentage points increase in housing ownership, that is good. Uh, now, again, let's remember these need to be good loans, uh, fixed rate, none of this toxic debt that caused the 08 crash, uh, but that's good. And again, millennials. I believe millennials will start flexing their muscle. They will be the generation to watch, much like the baby boomers have been for 50 years. I think the millennials need to step up. I think they need to flex their muscle and really show that they they can move markets. And I think you're going to see them leaving cities and going to the suburbs. And what does that mean for the suburbs? So again, this is why I'm, this is all of this is why I think 
the next decade is far more closer to the Roaring Twenties than the Great Depression. But let's look back at the Roaring Twenties. Uh, annual growth rate was about 4.7%. Jobless rates were 3.7, pretty good. Uh, individuals started to invest in the stock market. Uh, consumer debt exploded and companies borrowed heavily. One of the things that was a trademark of the Roaring Twenties is margin buying in the stock market. It really attracted everyday mom and pop. Uh, they had 10% margin. So you, for every dollar you put in, you could buy $10, which as you will see, was one of the reasons for the collapse. Again, very different than today. But that's what the Roaring Twenty was like. Uh, other facts about the Roaring Twenties, GDP went up 40% start to finish of the decade. Lots of technology progress. Again, I believe we are going to see technology be amazing in the next 10 years. Mass production of goods, which actually lowered prices and increased profits. You know, think the assembly line in cars. Uh, electrification of America, right? What is next for America, right? Do we do something else or something different? Uh, we were building roads and infrastructure. I believe that is something that will be part of our next decade. Not only roads and infrastructure, but new infrastructure, different infrastructure. Again, I see huge positive forces for the next decade. Mass marketing, retailers like JCPenney's and Sears were really going out to different areas and catalogs and all of these different things. Again, today it won't be those brick and mortars, but it's Amazon, Shopify, other things. I think retailers will evolve in the next decade. And again, we will have stores. We will have places to go. Uh, we are social creatures. Cheap credit, boosted uh, employment. Again, the Fed is all in. The Fed is going to create more and more lending programs and I think will be a positive force. And all of this created more consumers. Yes, we have a swath of our consumer that are truly hurting today. I believe there's a focus and I believe we will focus on helping them. And part of that is going to be not only providing some uh, income support, but retraining and new opportunities. There will be reasons for those folks to perhaps move, right? Maybe you are in the service industry in San Francisco. And if enough tech companies leave, your job is not required. But you could go to Texas or Florida or some other market and be employed and enjoy things. In the end, consumers were positive. The roaring 20s were a good decade. The consumer was happy. I tracked the consumer. We talk about the consumer. They were happy and they spent. Unemployment, the sheer number of unemployed went from almost 12 million to nearly 3 million over the decade. It is important to realize that in the 20s, that was mainly a male-dominated statistic, but still an impressive drop. So the Great Depression, first off, it lasted a decade, right? There were fits and starts, ups and downs, but the decade, uh, the Great Depression was generally referenced as a decade of pain. Um, there's some disagreement on this, but most of most people admit that when the U.S. started mobilizing for World War II, kind of got America back to work and, and put a put a a stop to the Great Depression. Industrial production fell 47 percent. GDP declined 30 percent. 50 percent of U.S. banks failed. 25 percent unemployment. Now again in the 30s, the 1930s, that was mainly men. There were ill-timed tariffs. 
which really hurt trade with foreign countries. And the Federal Reserve retreated when they should have gone all in. The stock market crash is generally believed to be the pen that popped the bubble. Uh, the stock market crash uh, went down 11% in a single day. Margin calls led to panic. Um, everybody started unloading shares and there were no buyers. Uh, from from uh, Until 1932, the market went down 85%. Now, if you don't know, there's been lots of things adopted in the stock market that would prevent the severities and the cascading effects of that. Uh, but still, uh, again, there's, there's always a pen that pops a bubble. And the stock market crash was the pen that popped the roaring 20s. That then caused consumers to retreat. They went from being happy to being fearful, so they saved. Companies had to start selling goods at a loss. Deflation was a real thing. Look at that, almost 15% deflation in a single year. Farmers had borrowed money to buy machines to produce more food. But again, the consumer retreated, so less people bought. That borrowing for machines and automation caused overproduction. And overproduction led to lower prices. Lower prices led to losses. Losses led to unpaid debt and farms were lost. Low demand, high supply. Losing money meant you had to cut production. Cutting production meant you cut workforce. 1933, unemployment peaked at just shy of 25%. By 1939, six years later, we'd only shaved 6% off that. Deflation was the result as prices of most things fell. Consumers retreated. Consumers saved. Think Q2 of 2020. The consumer stopped spending. Other items to realize, uh, tariffs, badly timed, really reduced worldwide trade. The Federal Reserve, frankly, retreated when they should have gone in. Safety nets were created post-crisis that are still in force today, such as the FDIC, SEC, Section 8 program, things of that nature. Again, we have learned lessons and things will not be repeated. So in the end, uh, I think there is, I see a good decade ahead. I'd love to hear from you. I think infrastructure investments, the Federal Reserve, uh, I think the consumer the employee base will evolve. It will be in fits and starts. You know, what do you think? Roaring 20s or Great Depression 2.0? Let me know. Leave comments below. Love to hear from you. Take care. Thanks.